This is Dollars and Sensibility with Tom Stone. And we're gonna talk about what you really want. And at the end of the day, how to get what you really want is to understand money. Guild Mortgage, NMLS number 3274, Tom Stone, NMLS number 257849. The information contained in these podcasts are for educational purposes only and do not necessarily express the opinions of Guild Mortgage. Well, welcome to another episode of Dollars and Sensibility. And you know, when you got a good thing going, you just keep inviting them back. Of course, we said we'd do it. We've got Bree Duncan and Tate Berg with me again, talking about the spec house. Welcome, guys. Hi, good to be here. Good to see you, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) And and Bree said she's not going to stress about it this time. She just came and is going to go with the flow. Yep. So, yeah, why would you stress about it? You know what you're talking about. I mean, she's the one. I think she's the reason that people, this is the most listened to podcast I have, by the way. I talk too much. You talk too much. (laughs) (laughs) Today's Tate's turn. I don't know. We'll see how this goes. Uh-oh, we'll see. We'll see yeah. how this goes, right? <laughs> okay, so I did I did want to do a podcast kind of on a regular basis as we get to milestones on this house. This spec house, uh, 391 Brinton Court in Midway, Utah. It's now framed, and we're working our way to four-way. We're in the middle of four-way, getting to that point. So I don't know, Tate, let's let's hear from you. This is this is is this your first spec house? You built houses before. This is mm-hmm. your first spec house. Correct. Yep. What's been plus minus different or the same about a spec house? Um, the thing I love about a spec house is everything is kind of laid out from the beginning and the changes are very minimal. Um, you know, there's a goal in mind at the end of this project, mm-hmm. which is one, to do a good job and two, to make money. Yep. Right. Yep. So um, I think that has been a really easy thing about the project, you know, um, the build itself is pretty self-explanatory. So that's been going pretty well. Um, as far as our timeline goes, we're doing pretty good. Um, we've, we dug at a good time. We got yeah. ahead of the curve as far as everyone wanting to dig after we'd already dug and after we'd already, Just yeah. Two, three weeks ahead. Right. Yep. And it was perfect. Mm-hmm. We had to deal with, you know, some, we moved some snow, we had to move some snow and, you know, how to deal with water, but man, it's, it's paying off now. Um, framing went super well. Um, there wasn't really any engineering problems that we ran into. Um, so that was really good. There's some engineering problems that could have happened. So like, for example, maybe we, they wouldn't have specked out a big steel beam that was going in. Right. Or they just forgot. Is that what happened? No. Yeah. They'll, sometimes they'll say, Oh gosh, this isn't called out. What do we do? He's nodding right now. Bree, you've had this happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it happens all the time, you know, especially on larger homes too. Um, but this one in particular. Again, for, mm-hmm. for us laymen, you guys are like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. An architect who gets paid all that money, is it the architect that misses it? Who misses engineer, it? Engineer, man. Oh, the engineer. Excuse yeah. me. Of course, it's engineering. All right. Mm-hmm. So the architect draws this beautiful house, and then the engineer comes in and says, oh, because of this particular angle or this particular second story or the height of the ceiling is now this, so we've got to make sure we support it with yeah. this. Is that what it is? Yeah, he's in charge of making sure the support is properly laid out, you know. And they missed per- stuff. Percentage of steel yeah. versus I mean, shear wall versus yes. window. Yeah. Again? yeah. Just the percentage of shear wall versus like window and shear wall. Shear wall. Shear wall, thank you. Which is the amount of wood between windows that, that mm. support and stability. Mm-hmm. And if there's a big stand of windows and a little amount of wood, then you need a steel beam. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, the roof. The roofing, they're in charge of that. How 
much support it needs to hold a certain amount of weight of, you know, roof covering like shingles or slate or whatever. How much do you expect this? So you guys are, you guys are, oh yeah, this happens. This happens. Not very, what? Not super often, but it it does, does you know, and the thing that you have to kind of learn is, Hey, this happened. What do we do? Right. And Mm -hmm. being able to have a good team on site will almost mitigate the time it would have taken up to fix it. So, so it could be like you two uh, going and doing these regular visits and saying, Hey, wait a minute, should this have been, or certainly at the drawing stage, whatever it is. Yeah. A lot of time it's the framer, you know, the they'll framer catch it. Yeah. They'll, they'll be laying everything out and it's like, Hey, this isn't called out. Mm-hmm. Let's get with the engineer. And, um, a lot of times a good framer will just work directly with the engineer. So it cuts me out as the middleman just to save time. Mm-hmm. All then, all then I need to do is order the steel after that. So, um, it's really important to have a good framer, you know, um, this house, we did have a little mess up as far as the loft goes. Oh, let's talk to that. Yeah. To <laughs> so we just talked about engineering mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so we had, we're going to call, are we going to agree it's okay to call it a mistake that we all did? What do you, what would you describe that? I don't really think it, it was a mistake. It was more just, how it ended up. Yeah, yeah. So this roof line is, you know, on a traditional home, there's trusses, right? Um, this house was about half, half the amount of houses, trusses, half was all stick. Yeah, this roof is in my mind, somewhat complicated. Sure. It's it super. was a lot of angles and moves and there's, there's, they put trusses inside of trusses. Yeah. A lot of overbuilds, <laughs> you know? Um, and so that kind of made this loft that on the plans looked like it'll be, um, about 12 feet wide and 12 feet tall yeah full room but where the angle of the roof ended up coming down was a little shallower than we originally planned um we were able to make a quick adjustment on that you know by some good insight by you two (laughs) and and figure out what we were going to do to make this still usable space Mm -hmm. right so well let's go there for a second so i show up i go there so i don't i only live a mile and a half of it so when i get home i like to ride my little motorcycle and i usually go past this place it's just a fun little stop by walked up there where but the, the next day kate says we got our first problem <laughs> that's what you said to me i'm like oh because it's been smooth as still. there we go maybe problem not problem yeah. problem yes because it could be problem Something solved. To solve exactly right. exactly yeah. right and it was obvious that's so like how did we miss this and it was like, you know, we were thinking it was this loft room that they could put bunk beds in, right? And I was like, well, the, the ceiling, the roof line is too shallow to do that. It still has the same floor. You can have that same exactly. square footage, but it just goes so so steep. And I was like, oh, crap, because I was trying to brag on the fact this could be a cool bunk room. And maybe it's not a bunk room anymore. What do we do? What do we do? Right? And again, it was conversations of, well, this roof line is pretty cool, actually. Yeah. And makes it kind of a, a, a fun feng shui. Yeah. What would you call that? Sometimes the problems turn into like a charming space because yes. we've got well, to yep. solve it creatively. And, and then, that's what this space is going to turn into. Well, and then again, as we look to each other and what do you think? And then what do I think? And then Tate goes, hey, we that space in between all these trusses, there's so much roof line in there that we could build a little ladder and put a, I'm going to call it a playroom basically up in the, up yeah, in the ceiling. Just a secret space. And who knows what is, you know, what we're at, people are actually going to do in there or kids, but it's just like, Oh, this cool little mm-hmm. place in the house where they want to show their friends and be like, uh-huh. like this little hidden space. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about putting a wall up and a door, making a room, but now it's going to be a, 
a railing and it's open and it's all part of the, the big space too, right? Yeah. And so we talked about maybe a little desk for homework, a little day bed yeah. uh, on the other side across that side, and then a ladder up into a playroom. So it became this, like I said, whenever you do a spec house, I think it's important that when someone leaves and they call their friend, what's the first thing out of their mouth that they say? Oh my gosh, it has. Yeah. And it's got to have something unique to it. You know, it's the coolest indoor outdoor experience. Or you should see this fireplace or, oh my gosh, the view out the window, or I love the porch. I mean, yeah. every guy I know that goes to sees this says, have you seen the garage? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a four car garage yeah. with RV. I mean, it's a huge, big garage. And so, in fact, the guy that's uh, doing our loan at the bank, Grand Valley Bank, Gabe goes, I cannot tell you much I love that garage. <laughs> I'm like, well, there's a lot of the cool things in that house. Yeah, I just love that garage, <laughs> which I kind of believe the same. But with that said, I think this problem that we solved is now one of those things that will be a conversation with someone. Oh my gosh, there's this cool space. Yeah. Right? Right. So the loft became like the daybed, which on one side of the daybed is going to have a little ladder going up into the space that's in the trusses. Mm-hmm. When I say hidden space, it's it's in the trusses. So that's just fun. Like you don't see it at first glance. You have to, mm-hmm. you know, go up a little ladder. And Again, for me in a spec house and selling something, it's the fun little surprises. Yeah. Right. You walk mm-hmm. in and go, Ooh, like this is a 16 or 17 foot ceiling with a huge rock fireplace. When you walk in and those, the, the windows will clear the ceiling and the, and the doors slide open. Oh my gosh. That's really a fun thing. The, the office is right there with a nine foot window. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh my gosh, you go to the master and it's beautiful. You got that what are we calling it? It's a vaulted box ceiling. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah. In, in call the master. Mm-hmm. It's basically just a like a vaulted ceiling, but off a girder truss. It's I forget the technical term for it, but it's not your traditional vault. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. And then you go upstairs and see this cool, but then this is another fun little surprise. Yeah. It's the the um, memorable moments that stick, you know, make people talk about it and then ultimately sell us that comp. So so Bree. You've done more than this spec home. Yes. Give us some insights. You just had one that you've worked on sell. Uh-huh. Give us your insights on spec houses, what you like, what you don't like, what's good, what's bad, encouragement of it, not encouragement. What's your insights on spec house? Well, from a you know business perspective, like Tate was saying, things go smoothly. I really like them because as much as I love working on a custom home with a client because they're emotionally in- invested and so it's like, I feel really like driven to create what they're imagining, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that. Does that aspect, sometimes but... take away from what you think's best? Yeah. And some, sometimes I have to do things that I don't necessarily oh. totally agree with because mm-hmm. for me, I don't feel like it flows in the home, but that's something that they, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of their must haves. So we work around that, but on a spec home, you know, we don't have that emotionally invested client. So for instance, like, engineering things like once it's framed someone sees there's some extra space in the walls on it in their great room and they want to go from a you know a double sliding door to a four panel sliding door where that's like an engineering thing mm-hmm. we kind of don't have those holdups mm-hmm. things flow smoothly it's just kind of you know what to expect mm-hmm. other than these little problems that happen but all we have to do is get together as a builder and investor and and designer and solve the problem it's usually pretty quick. There's not much back and forth. I really do love that about a, about a spec home. 
Um, I love making all the decisions on my own. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I get to do it how I want to, but also the holdup is that I don't really get to do it how I want to in some areas. Like I want to be a little bit more creative, but then I realize I'm designing for vast majority of people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we don't want anyone to be too emotionally connected or disconnected from a space in the mm-hmm. home to find balance. So I, I do love spec home, but I also love working with the custom sure. clients. Of course. Yeah. Cause that's your business, right? That's your business all yeah. the way around. Mm-hmm. So now you just had, you were part of one that just sold in 24 hours. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So obviously that conversation and combination of you, a builder slash investor made some wise choices. Yeah. I feel like definitely that we did. Um, And speaking to the part where you can't be too creative. Mm -hmm. Here's one thing that happened in this spec house Mm -hmm. is the one part I really loved is that we did the stone on the backsplash in the kitchen Mm. and at a glance, it's very attractive and that's what drew a lot of people in. Mm -hmm. But the actual buyer was like, realistically, how is that going to wipe down after I'm cooking? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you can, you know, put a coating on it. It'll wipe. And it's scared. It's scaring her. So she's like, okay, I'm going to live with it for a little bit, but we might need to change that out, which is no problem. Mm-hmm. There's always that kind of stuff after a client, a homeowner buys the spec home. Like there might be a thing or two they want to change. Yeah. So you've got to be, you know, able to work together on a few things. But um, so it's great. It's like the, the fine balance of, of being like the wow factor mm-hmm. and not being a bland and boring mm-hmm. um, to, to making it, you know, something that people can live, live in. So we'll, we might change the backsplash, but I think it played a big part in like the wow factor when you first walk in. Yes. That's what I was so, insinuating with surprises, the wow factor, right? Mm-hmm. How many wow factors does it have? And it's got, there's probably some number. It's got to have three or four or five or some number. Yeah. And that usually makes people say, I want that house. Yeah. It looked awesome, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. I saw a bunch of pictures. They looked cool. Oh, thanks. I mean, and on, on the opposite end of that, like doing something a little risky, maybe not in all areas, but like something that creates that wow factor. We're working with a builder right now that we did not design the home. Mm-hmm. They had a spec home with another designer. And I think from my take on it and talking to the builder now because he's pulled us in after the fact it's been on the market for months Mm -hmm. and they've had tons of people walk through and nobody's biting at it and i mean it's in the most beautiful location the exterior you drive up and it's so gorgeous but there's just not anything wow when you walk in it was i think the designer was too scared to do anything so it's Mm -hmm. very bland so we we're adding so i've come in after the fact and we're adding you know some wood natural wood elements to the ceilings and um a few more light fixtures in places and just kind of popping mm-hmm. some interest in some areas. So you're telling me that most people are not visionary. No. Is that true? No. I mean, yes, it's true. People are not. So they walk in and they see a, a bland kind of boring interior and they're like, especially at a certain price point, nothing's memorable. They're leaving there and they're like, they're going to another house and mm-hmm. something standing out that it didn't in this other home. So let's make sense of that for a second. So you're telling me it's a beautiful location. Mm-hmm. Exterior's nice. Inside's no wow factor. Mm-hmm. Isn't it location, location, location. Now you're, it's not. <laughs> I mean, I don't know exactly. You, you know what sells because this is your business too, but I'm no, just, from my perspective, I'm seeing from all the spec homes we've done, I'm seeing what's selling, what's not, and mm-hmm. kind of taking note. And so, 
So Tate, I think it's been fun. I've heard, I heard you just got another job. Is that true? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you'll have three active jobs, correct? Correct. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. It's awesome. And it's right across the street from your spec house. So mm -hmm. it's great. So talk about, talks about that. So you've been in the business for a few years mm -hmm. and doing your own gig a couple plus years now, right? Yep. Going into my third year. Going into so. my third year. Uh, I knew you before, trusted you 100%. It's 100% been a positive experience, knows who's doing it's on time, all those variables, right? But a newer or younger, but you made that point, right? It's like, mm -hmm. you know, how young are you? Right? <laughs> you know, but you just got another, a third job, you know, and these are two, three million dollar deals, right? Yeah. Talk to us about that for a second. You know, I mean, again, we're talking, I love, I love adding the element of entrepreneurial to these podcasts, by the way. So here you are, you're like, you, you were working for someone else, you know, you were, you've done stonework and tile and you worked for a, a big builder up, up in the higher Valley here. Now I'm doing my own thing. I remember talking to you about it. I think I'm doing my own thing. And you're like, gulp, here we go. And you're like, I'll do that basement remodel and I'll do yep. that, whatever. And you jumped to saying I'm going to be the general on three, three million dollar properties. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> um, I don't know. I with more in the works. I mean, you're, you're going to yeah. You're going to a training the end of this month with somebody else. And well, yeah, I'm super excited about that. I mean, gosh, I don't know. It's so weird. I feel like um, people always say, or I've seen this happen with people, and now that I'm like kind of starting on my own little journey, it's kind of true where. You know, if you don't put yourself in situations that'll allow you to grow, you're not going to grow, you know? And so, um, <clears throat> for me, when I first started in, in the industry, I was working, you know, from eight to five to six, and then I'd go from six to sometimes midnight and do side jobs five days a week, you know, or on the weekends. And I did that for years. And, um, <clears throat> did I make any money doing that? Probably not. I was working for dirt cheap, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but it was the experiences of all those little side jobs I did that kind of gave me the confidence to say, no, I can do that. You know? And so then when, um, when I got hired on as a project manager or whatever, you know, he loved how I was already in the field and actually knew what, what it, what it took to do a good job in the specific trades. Um, and really having another trades, the fact that you've had your hands in. Yep. And just like knowing what to see, right? I think construction's all about um, seeing things before it happens or saying, Back to the vision. Yep. yeah, I mean, hey, we need to figure out this wall because our tile's not going to line up right on this or or whatever return. Yeah, it's all about returns and construction, you know? Or What do you mean by that? It's all about returns. So like if you have a half inch of, of tile going on this wall, you know, do you want it to die into a wall or do you want to have an exposed edge and you have to put a Schluter trim on it or um, little things like that, window return, you know, um, or your ceiling height's going to be a little off because when I do my TNG and my beams, you know, what's that going to look like after it's finished. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I've, I did a lot of the trades, which helped me out a lot. And then, um, like I said, just putting myself in kind of awkward situations, you know, when I served my mission, LDS mission, I, you know, there was a thing that we said, you know, being comfortable with being uncomfortable, and I'm uncomfortable a lot, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. But I've, I've learned to kind of cope with that. And 
really just gain confidence in that. And, and then being able to um, have someone like you trust me with a job that to me is like the coolest thing ever. Cause it's like, Hey man, he trusts me. Like one, I want to do a good job anyway. Number two, like he's putting a lot of faith in what I can do and what I can help him do at the end. Um, that just makes me feel good and wants me to do a, even a better job. Right. So I feel that by the way, yeah. I also, I always tell people, this is, I, I had, I did to someone else. I'm like, I take this guy everywhere. I'm pointing to my nose. I take this guy everywhere because I can sense when someone's got it and when someone doesn't. Yeah. 99% of the time, I'm like, I think that person's got it. Every blue moon was like, oh, I wasn't quite up. But, and, and Tate was one of those, I'm like, he's shown enough. Yeah. He's kind of got, there's some authenticity in these areas. I think he can do it. Hence, I would never have trusted, tried it if I thought, oh, bless his heart. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. right. <laughs> I think he's got it. You sure. know, and, and of course, I had, myself i the fact that he said let's hire you i got my friend andy pierce who's like my, my partner who does cabinets that's also detail i'm like well he's supported you know worse yeah. comes to worse i know he's supported but i trust him and it's just been such a fantastic experience yeah yeah i mean yeah it's the trust you know like my first client um paul and julie kendall i mean they did the same thing right i mean they trusted me with their their dream home mm. you know so to speak and and that was the first home they ever built right mm-hmm. so i mean that was pretty cool you know, there's probably some value to the fact that if you feel trusted versus someone right. looking over your shoulder all the time, yeah. there's a big difference. You're going to, you're going to totally. be in a different situation. You're going to do things for people. Yeah. Right. Also just, you walk to his job site and it's so clean. Mm-hmm. He's got a nice sign. It looks professional. I mean, there's a lot of builders that have been around a long time and their job sites are super messy. And usually if they're messy, you've kind of had a messy experience. You're going to have some mistakes. I feel like the way you care for your job site is a represent is a representation of how you, you as a builder, you know, and how you carry yourself and, and Tate is organized and mm-hmm. clean and, and it applies to all the things about him, the way he speaks, the way he carries mm-hmm. himself, the way his job site looks. Hey, let's have a meeting. Let's meet at this time. Let's go yes. I feel like somebody driving past your job site and seeing how it's clean and the sign is an indicator that you're a good builder and I would call you, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to drive past a messy job site and everything's the signs have tipped over and mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to call that. Builder. Well, I was just yeah. there. Was it yesterday? Yeah. I was there yesterday afternoon. The architect was in town that drew the house and he's like, Hey, I'm coming by. Oh. So I stopped by real quick and he gets out of his truck. He's like, first thing I see he's like clean job site. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first words out of his mouth, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I've always, I've always been the guy. I mean, I learned this from uh, my previous boss. who's an excellent builder. Um, you know, where you're as a general contractor, you know, you're obligated to make sure the job's clean. Like I don't care who you are or what subs don't clean after themselves. You know, we're the guys to get out there and make sure it looks good. Mm. You know, in all reality, with that being said, with the subs that we use, um, I love having good subs because for the most part, man, they're awesome. They, they clean up after themselves, but there's always things that need cleaned up. Sure. So, sure. yeah. Bree, I want, now that I asked Tate, I want, I want your journey real quick. So you built a, a very good business. You're moving into the best space on main street. <laughs> you're, 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 you're growing yeah. basically into it really how did you get started? Because I mean, it's a lot of girls, maybe every girl's, they either want to go into fashion or they want to go into interior design. 
Yeah. So you pick this very, very crowded space. So did you, by the way. You, you yeah. pick this very crowded space and you made it or making it. I'm sure you still want things to do, but you're. Yeah, you're, I've got a long list. You've got how many, how many employees do you have? How many employees? Um, five. You have five employees. How many houses are you doing? You don't even want to know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's hard to answer that because some houses we're just doing a couple rooms mm -hmm. or it's just furniture. But I mean, all my girls are carrying like eight homes probably. So 50, 40 to 50? Yeah. Well, yes. In, at some level, probably 40 to 50. How'd you get there? Well, I don't feel like it was, I mean, it's always a choice, but I, when I was little, I would stomp like house plans in the snow. And figure out where my room was going to be and where my office was. And then there was a loft in my dad's horse barn and I made it into my little office and was just always drafting, like drawing for floor plans. And I put together, I just love fabrics and paint colors. And I always wanted to go to Home Depot, you know, <laughs> just, I just have always loved it. So right out of high school, I went to school. Okay. So first of all, so have a lot of other girls. I'm still trying to find out what you did. Okay. Um, so you can have the passion. I get that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'd probably say it's a good dose of fake it till you make it. <laughs> Went to school and then, um, what school, what, what kind of school interior design Institute of Newport beach. So okay. trade school Okay. came home and worked. At By the way, did you learn a lot there or was it stuff you already knew? No, I learned a lot, but I've forgotten it <laughs> <laughs> at this point. I don't remember exactly what I learned. I know that it was like going to school to me is huge. So even if it's a trade school, mm -hmm. because at least you can say, I went to school, you accomplished mm -hmm. that. So then people trust you. They're like, okay, mm -hmm. she's really, she really is serious about this. Mm -hmm. Then I did, I worked at a furniture store to begin with and then um, did some custom homes and then started having children and had three right in a row. So they were all yeah, like one year after the other. Like, go, go, go. Yeah. So didn't work for a while, but still just did, you know, friends, give friends advice mm -hmm. and did some consulting and then um remodeled a little house in midway and had it become a salon and spa that's the piggly you know paint my piggies, paint my piggies. yes <laughs> see and paint Next my piggies was a silly name but when i'm saying a me something memorable because that was your job you did that for a while that was your job yeah right? uh-huh i did nails for a while nails yeah yes and the reason why i did that this is a whole other story so let's just be real brief but <laughs> This my, is what I this is my husband at the time when I was really young, no kids was doing a night shift at snowbird. And I was scared to be home alone, but lived in an apartment in Salt Lake and close by was a nail school. So I called my parents. I'm like, do you uh, pay for me to go to nail school? Some, I can go to the evening classes after work. And at the time I worked at a furniture store, mm -hmm. Drexel heritage and just did furniture and packages. But so I went to nail school and I was it was just an art artistic outlet and I started getting a lot of clients in nail school. And I just decided like, while I was having kids, I do nails because mm -hmm. I could do it out of my house. Mm -hmm. Anyway, after the, after the salon sold, I um, just, my kids were old enough that I could get back into driving to locations to work. Mm -hmm. So started just putting myself out there for interior design and <clears throat> got a job with a company in California doing, doing um, student housing remodel. And it was just like quick turnaround, cheap product. And, and I just decided to start interviewing for, you know, interior design jobs and got a job with Millhaven Homes for custom mm -hmm. home design. 
there was a lot I didn't know or had forgotten in that span of raising children, mm-hmm. but it was speaking with confidence and just being like, I know that I'm capable of learning everything all over again if I need to, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's that they looked at me and felt like I had it. it what, you know what you were speaking about? Because mm-hmm. I was up against girls that were like straight, fresh out of school and yeah. everything. Yeah. Anyway, I credit them a lot because they put a lot of faith and trust in me. Mm-hmm. And I just got right back into it, like riding a bike. So did a ton of custom homes. And then after multiple years, I just, during COVID, decided my kid's high school was the first one to be shut down with a someone that had COVID. And it was like all new and scary. And my kids were at home. And if they even went outside... And again, they were all in high school. So I've already felt like I was missing the end of the, you know, their years being home. So having to drive because the location of Millhaven is in Utah County. So Mm -hmm. I was driving Mm -hmm. to work and then from there to home locations. But um, I just decided during COVID, I'm like, I'm just going to start my own thing in Midway and quit, (laughs) put the word out there. And people trusted me again to do their homes. But I had been working with Millhaven for a while. So I already had some... (laughs) some presence in the industry and um, that's how it started. And Midway design took off quickly and I'm really lucky. I feel blessed. And it's about the girls that work for me as well. Yeah. They are awesome. So they get a lot of the credit there. So, so both of you said, put myself out there. Mm-hmm. How did, what is it you did? You would call cold, call people. You would stop by and give them a cookie. What would you do? No, it's word of mouth. I think like, clients heard that I'd left Millhaven. So they told a friend that they knew was building and had him call me. Just, I guess just took a chance. So you've been networking. Networking naturally. Yes. Positively. It's definitely. And then that's a trust factor. Yeah. Had I been, you know, sloppy on my jobs at Millhaven or, or the Mm -hmm. side jobs I had, people would not have recommended me kind of like with Tate. A lot of it is word of mouth and, and doing a good job because you care, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, it, and I also have a couple investors in my business. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, well, and they say the same thing, by the way. So your, your investors that are helping you with this next huge step, of course, they're just like, they said like, she has it. She's got it. And we all agreed on like, Oh, she's a $10 million a year business. The three of us had said that. Oh uh, yeah. Thank and, you. and you, you look at me kind of like, Oh, I don't say to that, but I mean, I'm what do you really want? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're on our way and I just feel, I have great relationships with people who trust me to invest in. And if there was a fall, I, they're willing to take it with me. Mm-hmm. It hasn't luckily happened, but and then I'm, in the I, economy. I, yes. And mm-hmm. yeah. In the economy and business. And then, you know, I always think, make sure I have a fallback. Like, could I move into my parents' house? Yes, I could. Okay. <laughs> so let's hope that doesn't ever happen. But you will, you're willing to take the risk and you know you've got like possibly somewhere to yeah. land if it doesn't work. Yeah. But had I not done that, I would, you know, be somewhere completely different. So I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. Well, the fact that we're chatting is simply because... I've known you just because we're, we're all from the Valley. So I know who you were and we've known each other from the past, but not in this setting. It was, and, and I, and you actually helped out your friend that worked here. used to, used to work here just getting us some flooring and some, car, you know, a little simple things here in the office. You did the yeah. couch for us and just a little favor on the side. We thank you again for doing it. Uh, it looks good. 
Yeah, it looks good. A little, <laughs> little favor on the side. So nothing big. That's kind of a little subtle yeah. jobs. But then Tate's like, hey, I think we should get a a designer. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Of course, how much does that cost? Is the person that comes in your money. Yeah. Right? And he's like, I just, I just know it's the only way to go. And I'm thinking about brain. I'm like, well, of course, you know, and, and it was, it's funny that how many times I, if you're just not, not thinking about it. Right. And someone else has said, oh yeah, of course. And so to be top of mind or just be aware of and have those relationships built so that, yeah. well, of course you do. And of course, I don't know if you want to say how much you cost, but all I'm going to say is it is so much lower than people think. And of course, hopefully your income is not made on, yes, here's my design fee, but also you make it up on the, uh, uh, when that finishes are coming along and furniture or something yeah. like that. So you get connected with the, with the persons and we'll do our best that too. But yeah, it's not even a, it's not even a thought process to me now that if I do ever anything, anything ever again, you hire a designer, right? You do. Why? Kate, from your <laughs> point of view, why? Regardless of what they cost, you're going to save that money and your pro your process will be so much smoother. Because, because they do it every day, and they know what they're talking about, you know, like yeah, that's just all. It's simple as that. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm like, I get kind of like ticked about it because, like, I hate <laughs> when people say, "Oh, I don't want to spend the money." It's like, no, you're spending the money because it's it's going to be worth it. You yeah, know, it, it is time. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, how many decisions to make to build a house? One thousand two hundred seventy-seven. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I really love that builders are so many more builders these days are on board with designers. And, um, I feel like a good designer, we're building a reputation with builders that it's, it's, we need each other. You know, it's like a homeowner building their own house, subbing it out themselves, creating their own schedule. Mm -hmm. Like homeowners can do that, but it's a terrible nightmare. You need a good builder who can set your and they won't you. see things that someone else sees. You need another yeah. set of eyes because I, I, my, I, I'm honest with you. I'm like, oh, that's a do-it-yourself house. I can tell their design yeah. elements, what they did, mm-hmm. some finishes that aren't quite, or well, just elements. I'm like, and that's maybe not true every time, but usually it is. Yeah, like a homeowner can go out there and pick literally the most expensive stuff or the prettiest stuff in every room, and it will still look like crap. Because <laughs> there's no flow. There's no flow. Yeah. You know, it doesn't match. Or, you know, you don't have to have every room match, but like, because I know a lot of times you like to separate stuff, like, oh, this is a this is this part of the house, or hey, this part of the house is really moody, you know. Mm-hmm. But it all flows in the end. And that's what makes the difference. It's just another level of home that doesn't really cost you any more money. It's but it gets you in that next tier, you know. And I and I feel like we've we have talked about this before, but it's the time like they're mm-hmm. saving so much time mm-hmm. not going to and from every supplier and like they can't make up their minds so they go four times or to four different suppliers and we're doing, well, for, and we're doing that for them and i've said this before too but if i hire people that are professionals let them do their job yep and we've got a couple yeah. clients that don't and the job let them do their job rough you know i don't you know and again when it comes people come see me I'm sitting down and I'm financial math. I'm, I listen to your story and I say, here's where you want to go. And if they listen to me, um, more times than not, again, there's variables like, you know, the economy, some other things I can help them navigate through it. But it, people want to know the plans at the beginning. Like, well, this depends on how much your house sells for. It depends on what the rates will be in six months. It depends on what kind of rent you're going to get. So there's so many variables we have to get back to, you know, I had 
one of the tenants that we finished their space in one of the buildings that we have was angry because the construction took longer than they wanted it to or thought it would be and it cost more. That was during COVID, by the way. And I yeah. thought to myself, well, they haven't really been in the in the industry because tell me exactly the day we're going to be done with this house. Right? Can you do that? No. Not in a custom home. No. Not even when we're like two months out. <laughs> Still Why is that? How can people, people can, they don't understand. Why can't you be on time? Why can't you just say, I'm going to be done September 30th and you're done September 30th? How come? Unforeseen things that just show up. I, you know, we're in a busy industry too, especially where we live. So as far as scheduling things out, that's the trick, right? And you can do the best you can. Like, for example, just recently, like sub said they'd be there and then they weren't. Right. And so it's like, oh, you just want to well, get someone said, well, then fire them then. Yeah. But okay. So let's say you do and you fire them. Well, uh, you're under contract with that sub. Okay. You got to go through that. And then, um, then you have to find on or track down somebody else that'll do it. And the amount of time that maybe the, the original person could get to it anyway. So it's mm -hmm. like, I've had a client like that before, like just find somebody else. It's like, no, like by the Not time I find somebody else, yeah. By the time I find somebody else, it's going to be later than this guy will be able to and do. Who it. knows their work and who knows and, the research I built, the connection, right? Yeah. So you kind of have to bite your teeth a little bit, you know. And, and and to that, they're probably not there because their previous job had an unforeseen something. Sure, right? and it's just a domino. It's not effect. like they're off fishing no, necessarily, you, right? And you have to yeah. give give a little. We all have to give a little and for each other. Sure. You know because. Him getting Tate's job, it depends on what happened with, like you said, mm -hmm. the job before. It's, and so you build relationships and you're like, yeah. hey, I'll be there Monday. Crap, I had something come up. And it happens. And you say, all right, I understand. I, you know, when can you for sure be here? Yeah. You know, yep. Setting real expectations. And then how about budget? You know, it costs more than we think. Now, so far, yeah. just so you know, I am spot on on my budget so far. And I know it finishes where it can get crazy, but we got designers and stuff like <laughs> that. But we are spot on on our budget. We were over a little bit here, but a lot less over here on one, which is yeah. how it works, yeah. right? So you do still from one category sometimes to pay for another because exactly. there's that unforeseen yeah. situation. Yeah, that's another reason why spec houses yeah, go pretty well. You're on budget, I mean, for the most part. You're, you're People changing their minds. Yes. And time, too. You know, time. If somebody hasn't made a, made a decision I, and I have to tell my sub, hey, you can't come because we haven't figured this out. Oh, she could be pushed back two months because he's two months out. Yeah. And you just lost your spot. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Sometimes like with a spec home, you know, changes don't happen, but also we're staying on budget. And the when we were talking about pluses and minuses to spec homes, you know, maybe they decided they wanted a heated driveway and that's what's holding it up because that wasn't originally they, they originally said that yeah. and in a spec home you know you just kind of get what you get you know but on a custom I, this is a custom spec home this is not just a mm -hmm. spec home sure and so there are those things added but as a buyer you understand you understand that you're buying a spec home you didn't you didn't get to customize some of those items but you know those pluses and minuses as a contractor designer and a homeowner yeah yeah so if you're looking to buy a house in midway there's you're getting interest <laughs> there's already interest lots of people. but you are getting closer and closer to the fact that you can't choose items <laughs> so because it's framed 
it's framed. We're doing four way. Starting to go on. The plumber is in doing his thing. Electrician starts on tomorrow. Week, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So this is the, the again. I said four way earlier. So what is? Let's make sure people know what four way is. Four way is plumbing, electrical, insulation, and so and plumbing. drywall. Yep. yep. All the all the inside everything, guts. Everything are done. inside the walls. Mm-hmm. Yep. All the rough is done. Then you start sheetrocking and starting the pretty stuff. Yep. Yeah. So here we are. We're we're. What do you think four way is going to happen? We, what's the time frame before we to be done, you think? Um, I know we just said we can't guarantee, so it's just, just an example. Middle of next month, it'll be completely done with insulation. So that's my goal by August 15th is our um, four-way inspection to be done, and then we, then we start closing then, it up. Then drywall. So so what's the next milestone? So here's we've we framed it. We've, we need some flat work, too. We need some concrete. When do we get them in? First week of August, which will be our porch caps. Yeah, porch caps yep. is what we call Okay. Mm-hmm. Do we do the flat work like the driveway at that point too, or no? When you do no, that? wait. We tried to do that the last. Yeah. Yeah. Towards the last, because sidewalk that kind of stuff. Yeah. After all the equipment's done, because yeah, they drop tools. Your hammer busts the top of your concrete, mm-hmm. and we don't want to do that on a finished house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that our windows, you know, um, we had to go a little different route with our windows, but they're coming in well the windows. <laughs> yeah, we we ordered our windows. We gave them our deposit. Yes. Like half down. You followed up a few times and finally got someone that said, what window order? Yeah. Well, they pretty much said, Hey, we're, we decided to go with another manufacturer a month prior. And I'm like, why didn't I know about this a month ago? You know? And they're like, you're a long ways out. So I said, all right, I want my deposits back. I'm going elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So an example of how the, the schedule can be held up. Sure. Yeah. Not. And that, and that was one of those things where, <laughs> you know, I didn't have any under, oh, any control over it or whatever, but we were able to problem solve and figure out a solution pretty quick. Different uh, window manufacturer, another fantastic one. Yep. And actually we got a bit different windows that are better, meaning that they were doing the sliders. You like the sliders that go from the middle out mm-hmm. versus the, the tri slide, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the couple of things like, Hey, we don't do the three, but we do this. And we're like, I like that better. Like, okay, yeah. cool. Worked out. And the delay would be what? It was similar-ish. I mean, we're it was about three weeks. It was a few weeks only difference. So. I saw I saw August third as their delivery date. Yep. I think we're on for that. I'm guessing it's going to be a week or two behind, but that's okay because okay. we because yeah. we still got four way. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm planning on it being a week or two behind. So there you go. Huh? There's the next. So the next milestone is four way. Yep. Yep. And then we start doing pretty stuff. That's really where you start shining, right? That's that's yep. your. That's fun. Yeah. I mean, everything's already selected. Things are, you know, being ordered. And the pretty stuff is done, but not installed. So now mm-hmm. we're just going to watch the labor happen and see it come together. And it's that's when it's really fun to go to the job site every day. It's like Christmas. Get to see sure. What shows up that day. What present goes under the tree? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> see, for me, I think big picture too. So I think this will sell. I don't know when, how, or, or all those variables, but it will sell. And I already have, we already have another lot purchased. We're sitting on it, right? Mm-hmm. So we were going to, we're going to the next one. So, you know, in the thoughts and processes, what's my next house plan? You know, you, you know, it's, it's It's across the street, kitty corner from this lot. Right. And if this goes under contract, I want to buy the lot next to me. Yeah. It's for sale. Cause I think this subdivision, this now is just killer. This yeah. is such a cool spot next to the yeah. golf course, quiet as can be. The views are to die for. Yep. It's a great spot. But like you said, we just got to make sure we, Get some of those wow factors in the house. Mm-hmm. There will be. It'll look good. And then the team that we have, it just keeps moving and shaking through. And 
we figure out the little nuances that work really well. Yeah. Right. So that yeah. we can just keep on rolling down this, this path. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Once you start a spec and then you keep rolling into a second spec and a third, mm-hmm. it can go on for a long time. You know, we're working with a, a guy that does it's he's on his 12th. So, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's a good business. And for those who are thinking about doing a spec, my mentality is this four out of five works for me. So if I do five specs in six or seven years, which is my plan, or more, let's just say, if I do every year and then, you know, give or take a few months on what excels and you start and all those kind of things, let's say it's five specs in seven years. And let's say one of those was tough to sell, or you might have lost some money, but four of them, you made money. Mm-hmm. That's a good business. Really good. That's good business, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens is sometimes that first one is the tough one. And you're like, oh, goodness, well, what did I learn? And I call it the tuition of life. You know, it cost me some money to learn that, but did I learn something or did I notice in the economy this happened or my timing? And then just make sure you have, you know, some backups. Like you said, moving to your mom and dad's. Well, yeah. <laughs> mine is, you know, <laughs> mine on this is convert it to a long-term loan and rent it. Yeah. If I have to, right? And so it isn't a loss of hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's losses maybe of monthly payments. Right. So let's say it's a $8,000 payment and I can rent it for four or five. So can I afford a $3,000 loss for a few months until I sell it? You know, you yeah. rent it for a year. These are things in the back of my mind, worst yeah. comes to worse, that four out of five ain't bad. No, no, no. That's how I'm looking at it. You're going to be five out of five. And then, and then, <laughs> and then in the next two years with your new store, your new everything, you, I'm talking to you, Brie, and you probably too, you already got a house a little bit, <laughs> but you're going to be designing your own house. Yeah. Some cool little spot that you're like, this is it for sure now. Yeah. I've got some house plans, so eventually I'll build it. But. Awesome. <laughs> Do it right. Okay. Any any final advice for this episode? No. Uh, it was good to be here. Thanks for joining. I would. Uh, so we'll probably do one again once we're going to four way in, in another month or two. How's that? Yeah. Okay. That Thank great. you, guys. This is Dollars and Sensibility, and I'm Tom Stone. Thank you for listening, and thanks for getting real with me. So next step is to answer your questions. Come see me, Guild Mortgage, 435-654-9979 or goapplastom.com.